I'm Charles Payne. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Greg Jarrett, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, July 26, 2021. I'm Trey Inks. After protests erupted across Tunisia, the country's president removed the prime minister and froze the parliament. We have seen reports of massive police and army around the street of Tunisia, as well as demonstration and celebrations, depending on which side you are following the announcement. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. On Sunday, demonstrations and clashes unfolded in Tunisia, stemming from economic and coronavirus-related frustration. In response, President Kais Saeed removed the country's prime minister and forcefully stopped the parliament from meeting. The Tunisian opposition is calling this test of democracy a coup, as the world watches. It was a very busy, um, political-wise weekend in Tunisia. For more on this story and others you might have missed over the past week, this is Jonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. Um, Following demonstrations of thousands of people who um, were angry at the current government about the spiking cases in COVID-19 and the deteriorating economic crisis there, um, President Kais Said um, sacked the prime minister and suspended the parliament. Um, He used what he said to be Article 80, of the new constitution that allows him this kind of measures. Um, But his uh, opponents say that if he had read the whole Article 80, citing that the fact that he needs to talk to the Speaker of the Parliament, which according to the Speaker himself that um, he has not done, um, this is considered to be a coup. I mean, the images we're seeing this morning out of Tunis, the capital, are quite striking. The president has sent the army into the streets to actually physically block entrance to the parliament building, and even the speaker of the parliament can't get inside. Yes, and even the prime minister tried to go inside early hours of the morning. Uh, We have seen reports of massive police and army around the street of Tunisia, as well as demonstration and celebrations, depending on which side you are following the announcement. Um, The parliament has convened via Zoom um, and denounced the acts of the president, of President Kais Saeed. Um, And we are monitoring to see what's going to happen within the coming days, Uh, maybe international reactions, maybe more um, moves um, amid this instability of political situation in Tunisia. Tunisia was the first country to um, be a symbol of democracy in transition following the Arab Spring in 2011. And so this was the only country among the all the other countries, Arab countries that have been struggling back then to transition into democracy. And this step seems to be going back. So this is the first major test for Tunisia since the democracy was implemented in this country. Yes, indeed. It has uh, minor other challenges back in the past when um, a few months ago, the prime minister decided to reshuffle the government and to implement the constitution um, and the first held elections back in 2014. But yes, this is the most significant challenge right now. And uh, we'll have to see how the world will react to it and how the people of Tunisia will react to it as well. It will certainly be interesting. We talked about this before we started, but the idea that you never know when a a single event 
can act as a symbol for a much larger movement. We saw it back in 2011 with the start of the Arab Spring in Tunisia. And now troops in the streets blocking entrance to the parliament certainly could be an indicator this is headed in a very difficult direction for the people in northern Africa. I want to shift to another story people might have missed over the past week. That story has to do with mudslides in India. There were some really, really striking videos on the internet showing boulders and huge, vast amounts of mud taking out roads, bridges, and and killing a number of people. What do we know? What's the latest out of India? We're in the middle of the monsoon season uh, that starts in June and ends in September, um, carrying heavy rains and extreme weather across India and across Asia. And over the weekend, nine people have been killed in one incident up in the northern part of India when a boulder collapsed and hit their car and then hit a bridge, causing it to collapse. And then earlier this week, after Several days of heavy rains, um, more than 135 people have been killed, others are missing. More than 130,000 people have been rescued from nearly 900 villages, and it seems that it's just going to become a bigger threat as the Indian Meteorology uh, Department announced that more heavy rains and very heavy rains are expected in the coming two weeks. It's an issue that's not just affecting India, but the entirety of Southeast Asia, even as far east as Japan. There's been some storms, and there were rumors this could actually cancel portions of the Olympics, but it it appears they're trying to push forward with all of the events regardless. Yes, we're probably going to see some more extreme weather until the end of September when this season ends, and um, we'll have to be very careful. A lot of people say that this is also... As monsoon season is something that has been around for ages, uh, the fact that the uh, environmental changes and um, the fact that, um, you know, the world, according to some people, is getting hotter um, is influencing the more extreme weather and more more heavy rains and which causing havoc on people, life and countries. You've been listening to Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. I want to shift to our last story this week that people might have missed, having to do with protests in Europe related to coronavirus lockdowns. There are growing concerns that these protests could spread and make it even more difficult for authorities in places like France to implement laws meant to protect people and keep them socially distanced. Yes, most of them in France and Italy, Greece and in the UK, and we also seen several um, uh, protests in Australia and Sydney, concerned about the COVID passport. Um, in order to ease up on the restrictions, some of the government are now um, asking or suggesting that um, citizens will um, show what's called a green passport or a COVID passport, meaning that they had their vaccines or they have recovered um, from Corona. And if they don't want to do this, they will have a mandatory 48 hours um, COVID test. The demonstrators and the people who are opposing the vaccines claim that this is um, an attack on their uh, privacy and they're calling the acts of those of governments acts of uh, hampering their freedom and dictatorship. Um, 
in all of the um, spots that we have seen in France, in several cities, um, we've seen more than 160,000 people demonstrating, clashing with police. Police used tear gas and water cannon to disperse them. Same in Italy and even in London over the weekend. Some of the protesters compared the COVID measures to the Holocaust. This has drawn criticism against them to use this um, kind of disturbing uh, comparison. Um, and in Sydney, which half of the population is under quarantine right now and lockdown, um, Thousands have confronted the police, um, 60, 60 people have been arrested and fear that the protesters are going to spread more and more the Delta variant. As of COVID statistics today, according to the World Health Organization, almost 194 million people have been confirmed as positive. Over 4, four million people have died and um, over 190,000 positive cases only today. We still have a long way to vaccinate the whole world as only 3.6 billion people have been vaccinated worldwide. It's interesting, as we see the Delta variant continue to spread, there's this parallel conversation about vaccine availability and vaccine equality. You have places like Israel that are talking about giving a third dose of the vaccine to people while there are billions of people in the world who have not received a single dose yet. It's a story that, as you note, is in a new chapter, but nowhere near complete. Uh, finally, our good news story of the week has to do with the Olympics. The games are underway in Tokyo, and we've seen some really exciting personal stories for the athletes that traveled there for this event. Yes, indeed. And I'm a big fan of the Olympics, despite all the criticism that has this Tokyo Olympics have been raising. Uh, one of the things that I found most um, touching in the opening ceremony was the refugee Olympic team. This is the second time that this team um, is marching in the ceremony and taking place, taking part, sorry, in, in the games. The first time was in Rio back in 2016, then 10 athletes have participated in this time 29 athletes across 12 different sports um, they march the second after the traditional greek um, delegation and they um, were hoping to send a powerful message of solidarity and hope among the 29 uh, athletes they come from 11 countries living in 13 different host countries um, the countries that they fled from are afghanistan congo eritrea iraq south sudan syria and iran as of now when we're recording it no medal yet but we're crossing our fingers that they will win it's a great story, and despite the controversy around the Olympics, certainly the global sporting event does have the ability to bring people together to watch one thing that people all around the world have in common, a love of sports. You're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer. Joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast, you're not. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.